Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. You know, we started a series last week because I believe that God wants to continually refresh His people. And that's not always because we're worn out or burnt out or because we've given up. Sometimes it's because there's so much more to come that God wants us to be ready for what He wants to do. Ephesians 5 verse 18 says this, But be filled with the Spirit. And it's in the present continuous tense in the Greek. That means keep on continually being filled. And the word filled there literally means to cram. It means to be so absolutely packed with the Holy Spirit that there's no room left for anything else in your life. And so I believe that God's got so much more. Now tonight in Faith, Open Love, I'm going to be speaking on how God refreshes us. And then we're going to be praying as a family, as a team of people. There's going to be a lot of opportunities for you and I to be able to pray for one another, not because you're burnt out and you've done something wrong, but simply because God's got so much in front of us in 2023 and He wants us to be ready for everything that He has. So we're continuing that. But this morning, if you want a title for a message, write down on time. Notes if you've got the ones they hand out in the building or if you are with us on the metrochurch.online platform, there are notes there for you that you can add to and you can print out at your leisure. Habakkuk chapter 2 verse 1. Uh, this is a, a few verses that I literally have lived in for the last couple of years. As often as I've come to pray, I feel like the Holy Spirit brings this passage back to me. And you know, it's only three verses. And you'd think, well, three verses, you'd know it all after you've read it 10 times. But you know, the Holy Spirit can continually mine revelation to us again and again and again. So let me read it to you. The prophet Habakkuk, who's a prophet in a time of spiritual decay, it seems like the whole of the people of Israel have forgotten God. And the people of Israel are, are just going their own way. And it, there's a lack of justice in the earth. Sounds a bit like now, really. Anyway, this is what he says. He says, I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart or the tower. And I'll watch to see what he will say to me. I'll watch to see what I, how I will answer when I'm corrected. Think about just that for a minute. I haven't got time to stay on it. But so often we come to ask God for something and we don't want correction, we want blessing. And He says, I'm going there not just to get an answer from God, I'm going there so that God can change me. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision, make it plain on tablets that he or she may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time. At the end, it will speak and it will not lie. Now watch this because it sounds weird. Though it tarries, wait for it, because it will surely come, it won't tarry. And I bet the rest of you here, but I read that and I go, what? He says, though it tarries, wait for it. It'll surely come. It won't tarry. And I go, well, God, which one is it? It tarries or it doesn't tarry. Many of us know the feeling 
of receiving a vision from God, feeling an impulse from God or a call to a certain area of ministry, and you may not be the leader of it, the instigator, the initiator. You may just simply be somebody who's, who catches that vision and serves in it. For instance, this week, I know that uh, all the team at Hope were downstairs there spring cleaning so that when our guests come in this Tuesday, they're coming into a beautifully reappointed, cleaned and spruced up place. I was in here yesterday and, and Amanda and Alice, our two staff there, or everyone else, the volunteer, but they were still in there. They said, we've got more to do. And they are not people that have instigated the vision, but every single one of that team obviously have caught the vision. And we all know what it's like to be saying, God, when are you going to do this? How long is it going to be? What's happening right now? Have you forgotten who we are? He says, though it tarries, wait for it. It'll surely come, it won't tarry. Now I could get all deep and theological on you and tell you that they're two completely different Hebrew words. The two words tarry. Don't ask me why the translators translated the same English word. I haven't got a clue. Let me read it to you out of the New Living and you'll get a sense, I think, of what it says. This vision is for a future time. It describes the end and it will be fulfilled. If it seems slow in coming, wait patiently for it will surely take place. It won't be delayed. You've got to know this morning, every single one, I want you to hear it loud and clear, that God has not forgotten you, nor the vision that He put in your heart. God has not forgotten you. You are not out of sight, out of mind, as far as God goes. He says, I have engraved you on the palm of my hands. Your walls are ever before me. God says, I'm aware of you. I know what's happening in your world. God has not forgotten you. The enemy wants you to think that God has left you, that somehow or other your missteps, your sins, your brokenness have caused God to dislike you, to shun you, to push you away. I was thinking as we were singing that song about the goodness of God, that we are saved by grace. And most often Christians, even though they know they're saved by undeserved grace, unmerited love and favour, immediately after a short while begin trying to earn God's merited favour. They begin to try and earn God's blessing. They begin to try and earn it as though somehow or other God saved you when you could do nothing, but now He expects you to do everything. And that's not the Gospel. The Gospel is that we have a Saviour. We have a Saviour who paid the penalty for our sins. We have a Saviour who died on the cross and took our place. We have a Saviour who because of His great grace for God so loved the entire world. He loves those that are for Him and He loves those that are against Him. He loves those that whisper His name in worship and He loves those that use His name as a curse. He loves all of humanity and He reaches to us by His great grace. Certainly we have a, a choice and a responsibility to respond like this prophet says, I'll stand to listen, but after I hear, then my life has to line up with what I've heard. And I've got no doubt whatsoever that God has not forgotten you. I want you to hear that so clearly this morning. God has not forgotten you nor the vision He put in your heart. Secondly, I want you to realise that delays are not denials. 
A delay in your life is not God changing His mind. It's not God saying, well, I made a mistake. I picked the wrong person. I don't know about you. See, I've been serving God now as a believer for what? I don't know. This is, I don't know how many years it is, but it's a lot. This is, I think, my 48th year this year, full time. I've never had another job apart from when I worked for the bank. And uh, I wouldn't applaud. That just means I'm not dead. Uh, But can I tell you, after all those years, after all those years, I'm still amazed that God reached to me. I really am. Because you know, there hasn't been one day in those 47 years where I was good enough. There hasn't been one day of those 47 times 365 and chucking a few extras for the leap years. There hasn't been one of those days where all of a sudden God goes, have you seen my servant, Jeff? He's perfect. Because if you think that, go and ask my wife. She'll tell you, go and ask my kids. Delays are not denials. God hasn't changed His mind. He hasn't forgotten you. Third thing you need to know is that we can be certain of His promises, even if we're uncertain of His timing. Daniel chapter 4, verse 35 says this. I'll just quote to you the last part. It says, No man can stay the hand of the Lord, stop the hand of the Lord, or say unto him, What doest thou? Nobody can say to God, God, guess what? You've got it wrong. God, His will will triumph. His will will persevere. His will will come to pass. But Joseph is forgotten for two years by the king's cupbearer. But he was never forgotten by God. Abraham waited 25 years for his promise to come to pass. But a believer with a promise, listen to it, is never running out of time. If you've got a promise from God, you are not running out of time. The only person in the whole of the Scripture that I can find that the Bible ever says is running out of time is the devil. For he knoweth that his time is short. Amen. So the devil is looking at the world, hearing stories like I heard this week about a Christian brother in another country who was put into prison for preaching the Gospel. And they thought they'd shut him up. But while he was in there, he led 31 people to Christ. And then he gets out of jail two weeks later. Those people come out of jail and they've got an instant church plant because of the people that he led to Christ in a prison where they thought they'd shut him up. They just made a church happen. Is the devil running out of time? Yes, he is. When you next read your newspaper or your social media feed, I don't want you to throw your hands up in the air and go, the world's going to hell in a handbasket. I want you to read your stories and say the devil's running out of time and Jesus is going to pour out His glory. The earth is going to be filled with the glory of the Lord. Abraham waited 25 years for his promise. But the believer of the promise is never running out of time. Jesus was unknown and taken for granted from the age of 12 through to 30. He grew up in a family. Mary and Joseph had other children. The Bible tells you so. It says his mother and his brothers are waiting outside. They weren't talking about disciples. And they said he's lost his mind. They grew up without realising who it was they had in the midst Mary knew. He's unknown, taken for granted from age 12 to 30, but his calling was always on time. 
You don't have to kick the door down for the ministry that you feel God's put in your heart. You can trust God that His calling's always on time. So how do I respond when I'm in a space where it seems like there's a delay, like Habakkuk says? What do I do when it seems like a delay? Here, I want to give you just quickly five things that are intensely practical and intensely, I hope, helpful to you because they certainly speak to me. Because I don't know about everybody else here, but I haven't finished my race. I haven't fulfilled my call. There's more to do. There's things that God continues to breathe. Future Sunday, I'm going to tell you about some of the seeds that God puts in my heart. And every single week lately, I've been getting phone calls. Got one this week. I was in a supermarket Friday afternoon. Andrew Fox rings me up and says, I've just met this lady. And I go, here we go again. I go home and Rhonda said to I told Rhonda, she goes, it's getting spooky, isn't it? Uh, think about it. So uh, when you're in one of those times where you, you kind of, how many people here have ever wanted to say to God, hurry up? Huh? Who was it? Was it, uh, who's the, the pencil guy? You've got to be old to remember this. You know, Mr. Squiggle. Who was, who was used to say, hurry up? The blackboard. Anybody here remember that? How many people here have absolutely zero idea what I'm talking about? That's because you missed it. Go back, go on YouTube, look up Mr. Squiggle. You'll love it. It's the height of technology, I'm telling you. It's just an amazing thing. So what am I going to do when I'm in one of those times where I want to say, God, hurry up. Here's number one, simple as, hang on to the promise He gave you. Hang on to the promise. The Bible's got a lot to say about endurance, about not quitting, about saying to God, I read yesterday, I just, I was thinking about that verse in 1 Samuel verse, chapter 30, verse 6, where the Bible says, David encouraged himself in the Lord his God. And I looked up that word encouraged because I can do that on my phone. Thank God for that. I don't have to carry around a gigantic Strong's Concordance that weighs as much as seven house bricks. I can just look it up on my phone and I looked it up and it means to grasp a hold of, to seize with obstinacy. And I think about that and I go, you've got to be stubborn to be a believer. Amen. Come on. Come on. Some of you here, you're stubborn for everything else. And you're stubborn for things that don't matter. You like your mashed potato? I like that. I don't want to like that. You're not going to eat that crazy food. That spicy stuff. Give me meat and three veg, says Pastor Ray. Hello. Well, it's lamb chops. It must be Wednesday. Some of us are stubborn. We're stubborn for stuff about our cars or our, our houses or our food. But God wants you to be stubborn. Come on. God wants you to be stubborn. I think Christians, we give up too quick. We go, oh, well, it must be the will of God. Mm, mm. Well, okay, Sarah, Sarah. Whatever will be, will be. But God's not with Doris Day. I had about seven endings in my head then. And I thought, no, I don't think I'll say any of them. Hang on to the promise. I cannot say this enough. I don't want to just quickly chuck it out like a cliche. Because some of you here that are a part of the service today in the building or online, some of you here, you feel like just saying, oh, well, 
Ah, oh, well. Ah, oh, well. Ah, oh, well, I gave it a good shot. Come on. Uh, can, can I pray today that you'll have some spiritual tenacity? Oh, you failed. Well, get up again. Oh, but Jeff, you don't understand. No one agreed with me. Well, let's, let's go back to God about the promise. Amen. You go, oh, but Jeff, you don't understand. Nothing's happening. No doors are opening. Well, Jesus never said knock on a door. He said knock and keep on knocking. Amen. That implies to me that there's lots of doors and some open and some don't. Amen. And you can't tell the difference in God between a window and a door, between the wall and a door. You never do till you knock on it. Amen. Maybe it'll open. I'd love to tell you that I'm so godly and so spiritual and all the team here has got it, that we just sit there in our offices and the Lord comes down and writes it all on the whiteboard and says, here's step one, here's step two, here's step three, here's step four. And because it's Pastor Bruce, he's talking to me, he says, here's part A.1 and B.2. He's much more process oriented than I am. But God doesn't do that. He says, son, that could be a door and you knock on it. He said, I didn't hear you, knock louder. Come on, I'm not preaching you a sermon this morning. I want you to go knock on a couple of doors. In Jesus' name, come on. Well, I've been praying for my family. I've been praying for my family for years. Well, don't quit now. You might just be on the brink of breakthrough. Now might be the time to double down on it. My wife and I praying for our family. We set aside a day for every family member. And that's the day. And so we go, it's Tuesday, it's so-and-so's turn. We are increasing it. Don't, don't back off on it. Amen. Here's number two. Again, very practical. Use the delay to prepare for the day. Use the delay to prepare for the day. The day will surely come. Imagine if Joseph had gotten down and dirty on Potiphar, resentful of the king's cupbearer for forgetting him and said, you know what, I'm just going to sit in the corner and all you mob there, you can take your house of Egypt and you can. But he wasn't an Australian, so he didn't talk like that. Go and read the Bible. He used the delay to prepare for the day because there comes a point, there comes a day when Pharaoh says, bring me that prisoner who interpreted your dream. And they take him out and the Bible says they shave him and they put a fresh garment on him. But you know what? If he has not learned how to approach the king, the fresh garment and the shaved uh, face really are immaterial. If he doesn't know who's who in the zoo, if he doesn't know the, the rules of etiquette, if I got invited to Buckingham Palace today, as a, Just let it go, Jeff. Just let it go. Just let it go, brother. But if I got into Buckingham Palace, and I'd be going, you know, if they said, this is, you know, like I heard about the guy got introduced to the Archbishop of Canterbury, and they said, you should, when you meet him, you say your grace. So when he shook him by the hand, he said, our Father, which art in heaven. <laughs> Lord, we thank you for this food. Bless it to our bodies in Jesus' name. Why? Because that guy had never learned. Are you with me here? Come on, some of you here, you go into corporate places where you better know where to sit. And you better know how to dress. You know, going there with your T-shirt, with the tie-dye from year 11. Huh? You go in there 
dressed ready because you've learned. Joseph learns. He kept himself sharp spiritually. He didn't go, I used to prophesy, but I can't remember. He's kept the gift going. He gets in there. And when Pharaoh, he's only got one shot. Pharaoh says, here's the dream. He has to go, look, I've just got to go away. I've got to come back. There was a prophetic school I used to be a part of. I'll just go back and find my notes. He's kept it going. Are you using the delay to prepare for the day? And don't tell me, oh, Jeff, you don't stand over retired because you're not dead. And if you're not dead, there's a day for you. Amen. And you need to use the delay to prepare for the day that's going to come in your life. He learned how palaces and kings, representatives operate. Here's number three. This one's so powerful. You've got, you want to write this down and remember it. It's that when will always open the door to who. When will always open the door for who? Genesis 17 verse 3. God speaks to Abram. Abram fell on his face. God talked with him saying, As for me, behold, my covenant's with you and you will be a father. A father of many nations. No longer shall your name be called Abram, but your name shall be called Abraham means father of many. For I have made you, watch that, I have made you a father. And this man gets up from that place after all these years of hearing God, after all these years of the promise of God about a son, but he gets up and all of a sudden he has discovered who he is. And when he discovers who he is, when opens the door and within a year of that, he's a father, father of Isaac. When will always open the door for who? If you don't know who you are, when will take its time? Joseph believed all of his life since he was a boy that he was called to rule and to be in charge. And he believed that he's meant to rule and who he was eventually when opened the door. Said, this is who you are, you're meant to rule. So he doesn't come out of there and become someone in the bottom rung, the, the initial intake of the public service. He, he goes straight from a prison to prime minister in one jump. Why? Because when will always open the door to who in your life? If you say about yourself, well, I'm a nobody, I'm a nothing. You know, I'd rather be a little thing climbing up than a big thing coming down. I'd rather be poor with a humble heart than rich and lose my crown. It's like a lot of the songs I learned in Sunday school. Some of them sound nice, but they're rubbish. Because that makes it sound like there's only two options. I'd rather be a little thing climbing up than a big thing coming down. I'd rather sing, I'd rather be a little thing becoming a big thing and continuing to climb up than anything coming down. Amen? I've been poor. I never found any great blessing in it. When the offering came around and I couldn't be a part of the answer, I never went, woo it's so good to have nothing. Pardon me if I challenge some of your religious notions. But I'm challenging for a purpose. Because see, I don't believe that there's any child of God that's just like, a, oh, well, let him in. Oh, well, after all, what harm can that do? What's another one? My mother had seven kids. She never thought any one of them was just an accident, an optional extra. She did forget one once. True. Go and ask my youngest brother. We drove off from a service station 
and we got about five minutes out and somebody shouted out, Stephen's not here. And my mother turned around the car and she said, oh, well, too bad we've got six. One less mouth to feed. We turned the car around, went back and picked him up and hugged him like he was the most important child. He always was a bit spoiled. <laughs> Stephen, if you're watching, I love you. I want you to know that. Think about it a minute. Well, who do you, come on, seriously, who do you think you are? Well, see, the, Bible, the book of Revelation is a revelation of Jesus, but it starts off with a revelation of you. Because the revelation of, listen to me, the revelation of Jesus won't do much if you don't have a corresponding revelation of you in Christ. I'll say that again. Because we read the book of Revelation, we go, oh, it's end times. No, it's not. It's, it tells you at the start, the revelation of Jesus Christ. But it begins the first chapter with a revelation of who you are. He has made us a nation of kings and priests unto our God. Amen. Well, if you're a king, you aren't a, you aren't some whatever. If you're a priest, they're like, oh, well, who cares? Come on. When will always open the door for who? Here's number four. Find a way to progress in your pause. Simply ask yourself the question, what could I do now? I'm waiting for that contract. I'm waiting for that door to open. I'm waiting for that child. What could you do? What could you do? Well, brother, oh, there's nothing we can do. All we can do is pray. Oh, I hate that. I, I want to grab people when they say that and grab them and go, please, you, you, A, you've made prayer sound like it's the most useless thing. We've tried everything else. And secondly, I hate it because it implies that there's nothing you can do. There's always something you can do. Find a way to progress in your pause. Last one here, number five. It's not wasted time if you're growing. It's not wasted time. You know, sometimes when we say, God, what are you doing? God, why isn't something happening? Hello, God. He goes, shut up, I'm growing something. I'm growing you. I don't like much of growing because it usually implies sunlight and heat and then getting water thrown all over me. Fertilizer that agitates me because that's what fertilizer does. It stirs the plant. Amen. I don't always like that because what I really want is I want Jesus to cradle me in his arms. <laughs> Gentle shepherd, lead me. The Lord's my shepherd, I'll not want. I'm snuggling up to him. And I get that sometimes that's exactly what we ought to do. But it can't be all the time. For too many people, Jesus is a refuge that they go and hide in rather than the rock they go to for strength. It's not a waste of time. Luke 2 verse 52 says this. Jesus grew in those years where he was overlooked. 
Jesus grew in wisdom and in stature and in favour with God and all the people. Only one of those refers to something you can see in that stature. All the rest of it's invisible. And Jesus kept on growing. Are you growing while you're in your pause? Are you growing while you're waiting? Or are you just saying, look, I'll get, I'll get ready when it comes, man. Jesus kept on growing. How many people here would join with me in saying, Jeff, there's things in my life I'm still waiting for. Jeff, there's things in my life that I wish God would do tomorrow, today, tonight, now. But Jeff, I want to keep on growing while I'm where I am. Let me finish by reading 2 Corinthians 4 verse 16. It says this, That's why we never give up. Though our bodies are dying, our spirits are being renewed every day. For our present troubles are small, says Paul in prison. And they won't last very long. Yet they produce for us, talk about growth, a glory that vastly outweighs them and will last forever. So we don't look at the troubles we can see. We fix our gaze on things that cannot be seen. For the things we see now will soon be gone. The things we cannot see, they're going to last forever. Amen. Come on, I know where your gaze is this morning. But if it's on this and when this and how this, can I encourage you to pick your eyes up from that and say, Jesus, I want to see you. Jesus, I want to see you. Lord, forgive that I, I pray I'll never boast except in the cross of Jesus Christ. We sang that new song last week. Just take a minute with me. Come on, just right where you are. Would you just make your seat, your lounge chair if you're at home or your office chair or wherever you are, would you make that your place of encountering God right now where you are and just say, Lord, I'm trusting you with time. You're always on time. I'm trusting you with time, Lord, and God, I want to grow. Will you help me to grow while I'm in my pause? While I'm waiting, God, help me to find a way to progress. What could I do? What could I learn? Lord, you spoke this about my life. You, you saved me for a reason. Some of you will say, Jeff, I don't have a prophecy. No one's ever prophesied, but I'd say to you, oh, yes, he did. He told you in 2 Timothy chapter 1, he said he saved us and called us for purpose. So you can hang on to that promise that God, there's a reason I'm here on the planet. I just don't know what it is yet. God, would you lead me? Would you show me? Help us, Lord, today we pray in Jesus' name. May I never boast except in the cross of Jesus Christ. Save us, Lord. Help us. Lord, we are grateful to You that You are our Saviour and that You've got it all under control. We're grateful, Lord, that time is not something that controls you, nor your word, nor your power. No devil in hell, no circumstance on earth, no human person can stop your will coming to pass. God, you're here and you're leading us and we're with you. And God, we're so grateful. So this morning, we hand our time to you. The psalmist said, my times are in your hands. I'm putting them back in your hands, Lord, in Jesus' name. Thank you for that, Lord. 
your goodness is running after us. Amen. Help us today, Lord, we pray in Jesus' name. Just while heads are bowed, eyes are closed. Some of you here in this place, I, I, I know right now the Holy Spirit is touching people. Say, so how do you know that? I don't know how I know. I just know that I know. That right now there's some of you here and you're thinking right now, God is real and He's right there. And what do I do now? Jesus wants an invitation from you. He said it this way in that very last book of the Bible. He said, I stand at the door and I knock. He said, if anyone hears my voice and opens the door, he said, I'll come into them. I'll live with them. I've lost count now over the years how many thousands and thousands of people I've witnessed say yes to Jesus. And I know that where there's an open heart, an accepting heart, I know He always comes in. I know He responds. I know He'll come into your life today if you ask Him. He's not standing back. He's not going to put you on probation. He's not wanting to see what you'll do tomorrow. He says, ask me in. Ask me in. The last chapter of the last book of the Bible, the fifth to last verse says, the Spirit and the bride say, come. The Holy Spirit is saying that this morning to people. Come. Come on, you can come. You can come. In a minute, I want to pray with people and I'll lead you in a simple prayer that asks Jesus to come into your life. Online as well, I'll talk to you in a moment. But if you're in the building and you'd like me to pray for you, you're here this morning, you want to do more than just go, I'll think about it, Jeff. You, you want to say today, Jeff, I'm going to say yes to Jesus. If that's you, just while I'm looking around and everyone else is praying, if that's you, you say, oh, Jeff, I want to say yes to Jesus. Would you just slip your hand up so I can see it? And I'll pray with you. I won't embarrass you. I'm going to help you this morning. Just wherever you are across the building, I'll look across the balcony as well, of course, wherever you are. If that's you this morning, would you give your yes to Christ just by lifting your hand? There's no next thing. Thank you, sir. Thank you. Yeah, I see that. Who else? Just wherever you are, you say, that's me. Today. I can't think of a better way to start a brand new year than by saying, Jesus, I'll, I'll say yes to you. I know people online, I'll come to you in a minute. I know many of you want to say yes as well. Then online and in the building, if that's you, would you say this simple prayer after me? It's not a magic prayer. It's going to be your prayer. It's going to be your prayer to Jesus saying, I need you. Would you say this after me, Lord Jesus? Thank you for dying for me. I want you in my life. Please come in. Save me. Begin to lead me. Show me how to live. Thank you, Jesus. Amen. Amen. Father, I pray for those people online and in the building who've begun to walk with You by that very simple act. What seems too simple, perhaps for humans, is profound for heaven. So God, I thank You for each person, each one in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. You can look this way a minute. If you are with us online or you're in the building, maybe you raised your hand, maybe you didn't. You say, Jeff, how do I grow from here? What do I do? Because I just thank God, you know, when I got saved, I was 19 and gave my heart to Jesus, profoundly changed my life. That moment, amazing. But I thank God I learned more. I thank God I never stayed there, not just, you know, age-wise. I, some people say, you know, I, 
I wish I was 19 again. I go, oh no, I don't. There's a lot of things I struggle with and I thank God for all the Christians that were around about me. You know, there was a, a, a girl, she worked for a Christian bookstore. And she was the first person I ever met who talked to me about the baptism of the Spirit. I knew there was more, but I didn't know what. I literally rang her every day. Every day I rang up and said, I've just read this in the Bible. What does this mean? What do I do? What do I think of when I pray? How do I do this? And she was gracious enough. With that, if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be here. We want to be able to do that for you. But here's the good news is you don't have to ring us up. We'll put it on your smartphone for you. If you send yes to 0488 up there on the screen, 0488 If you're outside of Australia or you'd rather get it by email, then it's yes.metrochurch.org.au and you send us just yes. That's all you got to do. We don't spam you. We don't sell you your details to anyone else or something silly like that. We will pray for you. We've got a team of people that'll start praying the moment that yes comes in. Like they did last week, they'll begin praying. Go, but Jeff, they don't know my name. That's all right, God does. And we'll pray. And then we'll send you a Bible verse every day, different every day. We'll send you a prayer, different every day for 30 days. There's more you can opt into. There's a year and a half's worth of discipleship if you'd like to go on that journey. And it's all there for you. And that'd be just our joy. Can we give those people just a big hand of congratulations? Say, well done. God bless you all. I think we should sing together. Your goodness is running after me. I pray this morning will just be a blessing to you. Don't forget tonight, if you can come, we're going to be praying around that whole area of, of getting filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm not talking about a doctrine here. I'm talking about an Ephesians 5.18. Lord, I need more of you. Then why don't you come and let God do that in your life? You can stay for dinner. Kids will have their craft program, etc. That'll be awesome. By the way, speaking of things that are awesome, it's Kate, Pastor Kate's birthday today. She's 27. And uh, there's a cake out there because it's a Sunday and it's a birthday. So uh, I think we might, maybe we'll start that. Uh, if your birthday falls on a Sunday, we'll give you a cake. I don't know. Uh, but I do know this as well. It's Emmanuel uh, Karachi's first birthday today. Today as well. And so Sebastian and Rashida have put on a feast downstairs. So after the cafe, you can go down and they put on a feast down in level one. And they told me, Rashida told me, everyone's invited. So you can go down there and uh, help yourself and uh, just become an encouragement to the family. Let's sing together. Come on, stand sing it once only. On, Thank you, Tessie. Yeah. Let's sing. Here we go. Goodness is running after. It's running after me.
Oh, I think that is just a great thing to carry in your heart as you go into this very second week of 2023. Pray, won't you, next Sunday, we're going to be speaking to thousands of uh, Albanians. Pray for your church and for the people. Hope starts up this Tuesday. Again, a fresh year. We're not believing for last year. We're praying, God, would you do something fresh and great? In Jesus' Name. Hey, God bless you. Pastor Bruce is online for prayer. John and Trudy are out in the prayer space. If you need prayer before you go, God bless. We'll see you somewhere soon. God bless you. Thank you.